Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. who love family, traditions, and all things Southern. We've got plenty of room at our table, so pull up a chair. Welcome home, Laura Beth. Thank you. I came home to cold weather. I went to a warm tropical vacation last week. I know. You've got t- a little tan. I'm I jealous. Know, I wish I could bottle this up and keep it all no, winter long. I feel a little bit better when I have a little color. Yes. It's just my freckles all run together and I just feel tan whether I am or not. That's true. One, one big freckle mass. <laughs> well, I um, read some really good books on my <gasps> vacation. Okay. And so I wanted to mention them here because they both have Southern ties. One is, and neither are new, but one is the Magnolia story. Oh, yeah. Which is the story of Chip Joanna and Gaines. Joanna Gaines. Uh-huh. And I cheated. I listened to the audio. But okay. they read the book. Chip and Joanna read oh, the book. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And so it was really fun to just, I don't know, it's such an inspiring story. So if you haven't read that and you like the show Fixer Upper, you're intrigued by what all's happening down in Waco, Texas. I tell you, they've rocked Waco with they all have. kinds of good commerce. They have. They? And the other one you gave me. I loved this book. I loved this book. Sisters First is what it's called. It's by Jenna yeah, and oh, Barbara I haven't Bush. Read it. I just loved the idea. Oh, it, I, so. I wondered if you had read it. I haven't read okay, it. Okay. Well, I'm going to pass it back to you because I think you'll really, okay. really love it. Um, and what I didn't realize is, of course, I knew the Bush sisters were twins. I didn't realize they were born a month after me. And so there is so much overlap of your- so much of my upbringing, <laughs> while not political, and there's no White House in my family story. Um, there was a story from a Pearl Jam concert. Oh there was a story about like limited to clothing, the store yeah. limited to. Um, you know, just funny oh, moments of fashion and different things that definitely were relatable to me. But all the just dynamics of them having like the secret service That's, in their that life. That would be crazy. In their college years. Yeah. So many of us that are, you know, in the post. Like to think about dating with the secret service well, behind you is yeah. a whole nother. Like there's even one story where I think it was Barbara talking about always running out the door late for class on campus and she resembled her roommate. They okay. both had dark brown hair and that one day like the secret service went chasing Barbara roommate. 
instead of I mean, Barbara. Uh, yeah. Because they just looked so similar and they were always rushing out the door to class. Just even to be her roommate then would have been I know. odd. <laughs> well, yeah. And seeing all the signage on a campus that is always so political in nature, yeah. whether you have a family that oh has gosh. Yeah. a part of the somebody race or not. your dad. Somebody hates your dad. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I highly recommend Sisters First, not just for those that have sisters, but just for those that want an interesting read of what it's like to have family in the White House. And, of course, they had two experiences, Grandpa and Dad. And Dad, yeah. So there was lots about... um, And had an uncle that was a governor. I mean, like, just so much tie. And, yeah, and even... It starts way back. So, I mean, they're talking about their dad being governor as well, yeah, like yeah. Life okay. in the Governor's Mansion. Uh-huh. Wow. Anyway, great read. Loved it. So um, both of those were good ones. And then we started smoking on the green egg today, <laughs> which was a, gr- a great, great, great Christmas gift that we got. And I say we, I mean my husband and I prayed from His the inside. I prayed from the inside kitchen window saying, oh, I hope this goes well today because (laughs) this is our guinea pig moment. And he did great. He smoked just some chicken wings. Okay. I thought that would be a safe, easy place to start. So did y'all try them yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. 45 minutes. They were done. Okay. So good. Our place smelled like a barbecue joint. I love smoke. This smoke. Smoked food. Like he was like, smell my hands. They smell so good. They did. They smelled just so... Smoky fresh. Uh-huh. Oh I love. Okay, so I want to see what my what mom got him for his birthday. So there's all the jokes heard about that it. we've heard and seen now because it's a smoker. So it's like you know, <laughs> what we smoke in and the apron that mom got him says, "Mind if I smoke?" And That's it's so got like cute. a spatula That's on so it. Cute. So anyway, but yeah, I'm very excited about green egg smoking. Good. Well, we'll. Probably be talking more barbecue now that we've, and recipes. Yeah, and, we've got a we had a good barbecue episode we've already done, but it's going to be a thread of things I'll be talking about this spring and summer of what we've been smoking at my house. And there's so much you can do with it. I mean, yeah, you can do pizzas in there. You I know can do all kinds of things. So side dishes. It doesn't even have to be meats. You know, I smoked, just mac, smoked and mac and cheese, and it was glory. He was like, "How do I smoke cheese without it melting? It I, melts, and then you." And then you solidify it again. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So that's how you get like a smoked Gouda? It, mm-hmm. it's, I did not know this. Yeah. You're so smart, sister. Well, I haven't done that, but my friend Mike Best has a small dish that he told me. He will okay. put cheese in, smoke it, and then put it in the refrigerator. And I guess it, I don't know how all that works. See, this is a whole new world. Mike Best is a go-to for smoking. He has like four different kinds. Well, I can tell. This is now, this, this could be a hobby. So yes. it's going to actually have to be a hobby in order for us to do it well, because yeah. it's going to take some time. It takes, but. well, as you know, I've had one over a year and I'm just still learning, but I don't do it super frequent. Well, I think it's just a blessing to have it. So we have a very exciting giveaway that we're launching oh, oh, this oh, yes. week. Um, and so I needed to make sure and mention it here. It's going to be on our Instagram at studio, no, excuse me, at Steel, Steel Magnolias, Magnolias Podcast. <laughs> I almost revealed who the giveaway is with. Studio 10 here in Franklin, Tennessee, is a theatrical performance group that puts on spectacular performances. Yes, world class. So good. 
they are going to be doing Steel Magnolias this February. And so we have two tickets that we will be giving away. So one pair of tickets. We're going to give them away on our Instagram this week. So when you see the post about Steel Magnolias that Studio 10 is doing, make sure and um, like that and follow the instructions. You're going to have to tag a friend that you want to take to the show with you. And um, we'll get, you know, we'll do all the things of like, an extra entry if you, you know, go and add another friend and all that. So look, follow the instructions. It look should for be that. fairly straightforward. But and this is going to be for somebody that can is, come to Franklin. Yeah, this is Franklin, Nashville people that can get to the performance here in Franklin. And um, I have a feeling Unlike it's going to be very good. Fathom events, those are nationwide. This one's going to be a local. Yeah giveaway okay cool very exciting if you haven't seen steel magnolias on stage it is something to see it really is that's how it was written to be done was on stage the movie came later but yeah it's pretty special native form (laughs) well today we have a very fun topic and an important one it is it has been on my list of possible topics for a long time turning away at our list um we're talking about the mighty mississippi as in the mississippi Mississippi river River. which go ahead well i just love even where the name came from i was thinking you know the native americans were here yeah it was the all these europeans that's tried to name things and take things as their own but it was the native americans that named the river they in their language it translated to great river which it is yes but it was i think pronounced mississippi okay mississippi mississippi okay that's where the name mississippi came from one of the hardest state names i remember having to figure out how to spell yeah do you remember the little catchy m i crooked letter crooked letter i crooked letter crooked letter i humpback humpback i did you ever learn that no I think I learned M I double S I double S I P P I or something okay. like that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, however you learned it, it's a long one, but that's how you spell it. Well, it's it it is long. It's the second longest river in North America, um, running from what do we say, Minnesota, northern many uh, northern Minnesota, all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. That's where it flushes out. So it's two thousand three hundred eighteen miles. Good lord. Touches how many states? Ten states. Okay. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Love it. So if you've read Mark Twain, Tom Sawyer, or Adventures of Huck Finn, you know this river well because this is the setting of those books and of those stories and of a lot of stories, honestly. And even songs. It's mentioned in a lot of songs. So many songs. Um can I mention a few? Sure. Um, I was going to ask you, what do you think of when you think of Mississippi River? I think of kind of Huck Finn, rolled so, up jeans. Um, I was going to say, I think of steamboats, steamboats. and Huck Finn and yeah. Sawyer. Yeah. That's, Fishing, yeah. handmade rafts, a lot of <laughs> Huck Finn. So, yeah, that has shaped the way we think about that river. And it's important to us at Tennessee, especially because it, it is our divide of our state. Our whole oh, yeah. edging of our state mm-hmm. is defined That's right. by that river. But um, John Grisham is an author that he uses the Delta as a backdrop of all of his. Well, I say all. I think it's all. He's a all Mississippi guy. Of his suspense novels. 
And I would say a lot of songs, like you mentioned, um, of course, Proud Mary. Hello. Oh, yeah. Tina Turner. Um, Mavis Staples. She's got one that's called In the Mississippi River. And it's very vibey. And I just think it's the sound that you would think of when you think of the Mississippi River. There's this group called the Okie Dokie Brothers that I've been listening to because it, they have kind of a childlike oh. rhythm to them. Okay. Although they're not, that's not like the sole purpose, but... Um, they have a whole album called Can You Canoe? A Mississippi River Adventure. Oh, it's fun. so cute. Oh, wow. And I think, you know, anyway, it just, it embodies the sound as well. That, okay. You know, lots of um, kind of folk sounding, um, almost Negro spiritual. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, all those sounds, uh-huh. I think, really embody that region in that area. So. You know, uh, we've talked before on here, our, our dad is just a wealth of information. He really he is. Just, when I, I told him this is what we were going to talk about, starts rattling off all these things about the Mississippi that just, he was saying, you know, it's it's kind of a trinkle to start, but then once it other rivers start coming in with the Ohio mm-hmm. River, Missouri, Tennessee, like those other rivers coming in, it becomes That's mighty. when it's, yeah, that's when it <laughs> in is In the mighty. southern, it's more... Probably middle and lower Mississippi. You know, it's often divided upper, middle, and lower yes. Mississippi. Yeah. So it's more the middle and lower that start getting really uh, mighty, yeah. if you will, yeah. from other rivers coming in. That makes sense. Um, so dad was saying, you know, once it's to Paducah, it really starts getting... Paducah, Kentucky. A lot. Yeah. Heavier. Yeah. Um we won't talk about the northern part as much, where it's smaller. Right. But you know, we've often heard of the twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, right? And I think that's interesting because they're just on either side. It's only the river that, that has divides them as them. two. Oh, that's cool. Cities, I didn't so think about that. That's kind of cool. Um, but St. Louis is right there on it, yes. and Paducah, Memphis, yeah. Vicksburg, Mississippi, Natchez, Mississippi. The, you know, waterways were very important. Super important. For cities to have transportation on the water. and That was your potential wealth that was coming and going. Just all of that. Um, Baton Rouge and New Orleans are both, you know, big ports of... Moving things. And- well, and I was going to, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I was going to mention that American cruise line because all of the cities that you just mentioned are part of their, well, not all of the cities, but the Southern ones are on the lower Mississippi river cruise. I want to do this cruise. They need to have us on. They sail from Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, and they go down to new Orleans and they have uh, carefully selected onboard experts that bring the history and culture of, e- of the region to life, you know, on ship. And okay. then they have these port calls where you're getting off the boat and see. spending time. And there's some good, yeah. Like I would, I've wanted to say Natchez and Vicksburg. Yeah, that's both on the list, um, as well as um, St. Franceville. Okay. That's in Louisiana, and then on to Baton Rouge, Oak Valley, Louisiana, okay. and then on to New Orleans. Okay. But they have, you know, entertainers on board that are going to bring in all of that um, music, regional sound. music, okay. and the Cajun sound, and in the evenings, you know, of course, you can relax on your balcony, and 
enjoy the rolling, I would say, river views because this would go at a snail's pace. Yeah. Like this, yeah. this, oh, this yeah. cruise isn't covering ground. Sure. So. You would really get to enjoy from a balcony view. That would be so the cool. landscape. I want to do that at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, they get they take you on historic home tours and um, just all different things while you're at port as well. That's so so cool. I wanted to mention I watched a little eight minute uh, video that had been on CBS News with Mo Rocca. Yeah, was the person who did the interviewing yeah. of various people, yeah. um, and he started at the in Minnesota okay. at the top okay. and then interviewed some people in different cities down. Oh, cool. Just, again, it's an eight minute thing, not super long. Um, one thing that I just thought this was kind of cool. He interviewed this lady in Minnesota that is the um, head naturalist at this state park there yeah. where the river begins. And she had him walk from the east side to the west side, which right there, it's such a, right. I mean, it was just a matter of, Boop. Yeah. You know, yards. Yeah. From one side to the other. She said, I want you to walk from the east to the west, and you're supposed to make a wish. Okay. And I just think this was cute. She said, the wish will come true in 90 days because this water will be at the Gulf of Mexico in 90 days. And I just thought, well, that's kind of cute, isn't it? That that very water will then be there. And And that they even know. Like... You know, little magical tradition. Even crazy. though that's, that's so crazy, silly. I just thought that was that. cute. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a neat little um, interview, little documentary, or talking yeah. to different people yeah. and um, lots of things I could mention out of that. But one of which I didn't want to pass up. This is it's such a small world. Sometimes that's you true. see little things, and it's just like what. <laughs> when he got to Natchez, Mississippi. Uh-huh. He is, they're mentioning the importance of um, just agriculture that goes up and down that river, which I'm right. going to talk about yeah. in a minute. Yeah. But um, when cotton was king, yep. Natchez was some of the biggest cotton farms, and they're sending their cotton up to yeah. the rest of the country. Yeah. And so there was a lot of wealth in that yeah. area and yeah. really fine homes that you can tour. Oh, I bet. And he's... With this guy named Scott Smith, who does tours in Natchez, Mississippi, that I went to high school with. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. He goes by the name uh, Jimmy the Cricket. That's when he so does cute. his tours. So if listeners want to go on a tour in Natchez, Natchez they should look, look up, up Jimmy the Cricket. He can set you up. And he's a wonderful guy. And I just thought that was so funny. I'm like, what are the chances in an eight-minute video That's crazy. about the Mississippi? CBS. There's a guy. That I went to high school with. Anyhow, let's That's keep awesome. talking about. Well, just real broadly, of yeah, I was going to say just broad strokes. The Mississippi River would be important because of electricity and water that it provides to a huge region portion of this country, huge. whether it touches your state or not. Um, travel in the southeast, like we've just already mentioned, yeah. Um, both by necessity back in the day and then, of course, just for leisure today. Trade, transportation, and then my fourth one's kind of a funny one, catfish. Hey! (laughs) It gives us catfish, and the majority of the United States farm-raised catfish comes from Mississippi's 
catfish farms. How so funny. if you're a catfish lover, then you better love the Mississippi. Then it's very important to you. <laughs> well, listen to some of these things that I came across. So there's like just a procession of barges now, up and down, up and down, up and down. That's crazy. Okay? With corn, rice, soybean, wheat, oil, gas, and coal. Wow. That's some of the major things that are going up and down. That's like almost everything we need. It's important things. Yeah. 60% of the nation's grain goes up and down the Mississippi. Wow. 20% of the nation's coal. Like, this is important. Interesting. And I just had no idea of of that huge of an impact. Right, yeah. And then another thing I thought was super fascinating, I don't pretend to be an expert on talking about any of this, but do you know the terminology of watershed? As in, like, not just the the um, areas that are literally affected with the water, but, yeah. like, um, you know, other water sources yeah. that go out from it. That right. Go, yeah. That's in the watershed. Yeah. It's the third largest watershed in the world. Whoa. Of course, I've already mentioned uh, Arkansas, Ohio, Missouri, and Tennessee rivers flow in. And yeah. you think about there's tributaries off of that. Everywhere. Like, all kinds of things that are coming off of that. Um, but just, it affects 40% of the country. Wow. In that watershed. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So whether or not you realize it's likely that it's affecting, it's touching you in some way. Right. So the thing that I'm trying to get my head around with you're saying like a parade of barges is how does the river handle that? Like, is it doing okay? That's a great question. Right. So one of the things that I read about a little bit about, and again, don't it's that, that our U S army Corps of engineers, uh the Mississippi is one of, is a main thing that they, one of the major things they focus on trying to, as best they can manipulate to keep it right. Oh, okay. Moving well. Yeah. And, and like, do they have to maybe even like dig? Like to make it. Absolutely. They have to, because they have to keep it deep enough. Right. I think that something that I was listening to or read said that they, uh, in those, you know, those barges, it has to be, I think it was 45 feet deep. Okay. So, you know, there's always sediment moving and things like that. So they have to um, do quite a bit to make sure that um, it's deep enough and safe enough. Right. I mean. Because, I mean, that would be horrible if a barge got stuck. They literally look at two seasons, high season, high water season and low water season. That's kind of how they look at everything through that. Um, But, yeah, sometimes they have to um, do flood control. Wow. Um, build levees. They have had to do, you know, build a lot of levees yeah. and just things like that. Wow. To keep things. And, and it's particularly in South Louisiana, there's a lot happening of losing land. Oh. Um, losing it to the river? To just different shifts that are happening. Okay. I don't know how to explain all that. Okay. I don't understand all of that. But there's different reasons why things shift. Yeah. And so that they are doing a lot of work yeah. around trying to keep things safe and moving well. Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of shifts, we do have to mention there was a historical moment that was a major shift in 1812. Okay. 
Um, we're the most, you know what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. So this was the most violent of a series of earthquakes near Missouri. And it caused, um, like a tsunami in the Mississippi river, actually making the river run backwards for several hours. I can't get my head around a uh, river running river, backwards, I know, but it did. And this like series of tremors that happened between, um, they think December 1811 to March 1812, they were the most powerful in the history of the United States, this wow. series of okay. tremors. So it led to the creation of Real Foot Lake here in Northwest Tennessee. So may, maybe you've heard of Real Foot Lake, mm-hmm. maybe you haven't, but may, I don't know if m- most people realize that it was... Um, like created by this depression that the river water rushing in to fill um, happened. And it's just interesting because you can go there, you can visit. It's a, um, it's like a state park now and it's just five feet deep, but it's full of cypress trees and they're, you know, they're really unique looking. Their roots intertwine underwater you know, so there's like fish that live there, mm-hmm. and um, the lake and surrounding area. It's you know, it's like a wooded area. Like I said, it's been set aside as a state park, but there's like a wildlife refuge um, with all of this like fish and fowl in wow. the area. So it's a really a pretty place to visit. But it was created by That's this so series of tremors and this earthquake. Um, so. Anyway, it made a its own lake. It looks man-made, but it's not. That is wild. Yeah. So nature is just a force to be reckoned with. I was thinking about that with all the things we do to try to keep water, you know, contained and safe, and we yeah. build these levees and we dams and all this stuff. Yeah. But nature is its own force it to be is. reckoned with, and water is quite the force. Yeah. So anyway. Um, but it's it's a vital that Mississippi River is such a vital natural resource, mm-hmm. and just like you're saying, the with um, birds and yeah, um, catfish, fish, and all of this <laughs> kind of thing. Like it's pretty amazing. I, a couple of other things I read about um, one fourth of the freshwater species make their home in the Mississippi for our country. Wow, that's crazy too. And 40%, the Mississippi River attracts 40% of all the migrating birds. Wow. That's That's, just significant. Yeah. Yeah. There are um, events that happen on the Mississippi River, some fun ones that I wanted to mention. Because we've said the word levy (laughs) a couple of times. I know we love to travel, we love events. But you've said the word levy a couple of times. So that's real in terms of those that live near sure. large bodies of water like this. So there's a living on the levee <laughs> uh, annual celebration of uh, Delta food, music, and culture, which is held in West Memphis, Arkansas. Okay. So I'm not talking about Memphis, Tennessee. Tennessee. It's Arkansas. West Memphis, Arkansas. There is an annual crawfish festival, which is held in Dermot, Arkansas. Okay. And then in, I don't know how to say it, maybe Eudora, Uh Eudora, Arkansas. That is the catfish capital of Arkansas, and they have an annual festival as well. So those are just a few of the 
definitely um, Mississippi River events. Well, we've talked about the Mississippi Delta and, yeah. and the music that came out of that. That yes. Delta was formed by sediment yes. from this river. Like, yeah. you know, as we were talking about sediment, I was thinking of things shifting and yeah. moving. And that's what a lot of that comes the from. culture, yeah, yeah, um, was and, formed from a river. Exactly. Yeah. That's and one crazy. of my favorite parts, uh, or great things I'm grateful for about the Mississippi River is where it flushes out uh, down into the Gulf of Mexico. Right. And you have that fresh water and salt water collide. Yes, that's, that's true. That's where we get so much oysters, shellfish, Come on you know, now. crab, shrimp, all that. All the Cajun wonderful goodness. glory that you have in New Orleans. That's why their food's so stinking good. It's because they have two water sources coming together. Collide of the fresh that's and so salt true. water. I never even thought and about that. A big part of our culture in the South, too. It sure is. Well, yeah, I mean... New Orleans food is always oh on goodness. food lists, so yeah, you don't have to argue much with that. That yeah. that's real. Yeah, I, good old po' boys full of. <sighs> oh, now we're talking. Okay, so describe for people. How would you describe a po' boy if somebody's never had one of those? It's a hoagie sandwich, like an open hoagie, open face. and it's often filled with um, seafood. Like you can yeah. get like shrimp po' boy yes. or. A, um, crawfish po', po boy or something mm-hmm. where they're filling it with, and it's usually a lot. Like yeah. it's not like, like overflowing. Little yes, three shrimp yeah. trays yeah. that I've gotten in restaurants. It's yeah, like a lot. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else that they would typically put on them, but it's that's mostly it. Mm-hmm. Probably served so with good. some sort of good slaw. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's lots a, of good food yeah, to be had. Once again, we're coast. making ourselves hungry. That's right. But you know, there's a, seriously though down in Louisiana in that part, there's a good bit that needs to happen to preserve a lot of. There's a lot of yeah. um, preservation that needs help down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, if you live in that area or just want to sow money into that, you know, yeah. there's marsh that needs to be planted to try and. Again, you know, with erosion and sediment moving, like there's things that can be planted to kind of help, yeah, solidify. But it takes work. But it takes work. It's so weird to think of controlling it. But it, I mean, I, now that we're talking about some of this, I see the reasons why. So that things why. don't just wash away. Exactly. You have to and have some help. So that we use that. the land that yeah. we've been given. I mean, because we could just walk away from it, but that would sort of be. And lose what we've, what we've had in the past, and you want to tend yeah. the land well. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, I just wanted to mention that, that in those wetlands, there's a lot that kind of needs help. In yeah. No, that's good. I'm glad you changed that. And stuff like that. I even read that in the 1920s, water skiing was invented on the Mississippi River. Seriously? I mean, I, that's true. I don't know exactly how it came about. <laughs> I don't know sort of the, the progress of who put the skis on and how they... Um, decided to do that but that's a little fun fact oh i had a funny conversation this week like that just i want to make sure i mention this because it just flowed in natural conversation and it got me thinking oh that's something people say i was asking a friend whose son is about to graduate from college Uh um i said do you is he going to want to move back here or you know do you know where he wants to live and she said well i think he's trying to be pretty open you know, to where he gets a job. But I think he does want to be east of the Mississippi. 
Oh, that's funny. Like that was her landmark. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh yeah. People I, you say know, that, I that guess. That is kind yeah. of a divide where people will say like, oh, I've never been west of the Mississippi or like that's, that's a way true. people describe things. Right. And I was thinking, oh, there's that for all of us, river. For all of us inland people. Cause you know, you yeah, could yeah. say east coast or west coast, but what do we do with all of the yeah. inland states here that are more landlocked? So that I is so funny. That interesting. Cause I don't know if I've said that or not, but I've definitely heard it a good bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, you knew exactly what she meant. Yeah. And you're like, I'll be talking about the Mississippi Actually. River just this very week. <laughs> I just thought of another movie that was really good that I liked that was a Matthew McConaughey movie that was on the Mississippi. It was called Mud. Oh, Did you I ever haven't see seen it. it. It's good. Okay. So he, he is like a, I don't know what you would call river people, but he lives on the river in this okay. like kind of hut that okay. he made. And um, Well, you know, Mud is, that's part of like they... Another thing you'll hear people say, like I think about the dessert, the Mississippi mud pie. Oh yeah, like it. It looks like mud. It's mud, you know, like there is mud, and it looks like layers too. And there's a lot. Yeah, of mud like, island, and yes, you know, yeah. So they're proud of their mud. Anyway, it's there again that sediment that we have to. It's just part of and, the river. Yeah, part of the riverbed. Um, well, I think that's all I had to say about it. Um, like I said, I mean, I think it's going to continue to be a nice backdrop for stories that we're going to continue to see movies and songs. And because it's definitely a part of, like we said, a lot of states. Yeah. So Ten states touch it, but it is affecting so much of our movement of resources and yeah. commerce and yeah. Also travel. Yeah. You know, just, yeah, there's just a lot. There's actually a documentary. Um, this man who makes uh, St. Louis is his home. His name was Eddie Harris. He has canoed the entire Mississippi Stop. River twice. Stop. In a canoe. I can't That sounds imagine. so scary. So the first time he was 29. Okay. And then 30 years later, so I'm assuming 59, um, he did it again in order to make a documentary that's called River to the Heart. Okay. And he's a black man, and I feel like he touches just. I watched a trailer. Okay. So I don't know. Okay. I don't pretend to know about the whole movie. But it looks like that he touches on even um, some of the, you know, racial issues and changes for the good in our country. And just some different things like that. But um, anyway. What's it called? River to the Heart. Ooh, I want to watch that. So, that sounds good. Yeah, he's canoed it twice. He really did it. So that reminds me of another book um, by, there's a Southern author named Lee Smith, and she wrote a book called The Last Girls. And it was about a girl's, like, rafting team. Oh. But this was fictional. Okay. So he really did do he it. He really has done it in but a canoe. But it's their story, and they have a reunion. Like okay. They, okay. It's like they're going to raft it again 20 years later. Okay. The Mississippi? So that, yes. The actual Mississippi? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I was thinking I wouldn't mind canoeing the Minnesota part that I saw in that little documentary, but when we start getting into some... Where it's more of a stream. and rushing. <laughs> the Mississippi stream. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> when there's actual rapids to be seen. Yeah. Those are for barges. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. Well, and I even thought about that. Like, if your barges make wake... Absolutely. If you're in a canoe... Yeah. I mean, so yeah, because there's not like he could time it where he knows there's not going to be barges. They're going to be coming yeah. all the time. Yeah. 
Wow. Interesting. Good for him. Brave man. So I wouldn't mind checking that out, too. Sounds good. good to the heart. All right. Well, that well, was fun. That was a good little uh, 101 on the Mississippi <laughs> and all its impact is making in the South. So we um, hope that you guys have got your 2020 off to a good start. We're excited about this year. we got all kinds of fun topics to dive yeah. into. So, again, if you're not already following us on Instagram, go do that at Still Magnolias Podcast. And if you haven't recently left us a five-star review do that on apple podcasts we would so appreciate it yeah that helps us so we would really appreciate that all right two southern sisters signing off signing off have a good week